everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran of the NYPD. Before I introduce today's show, I just want to um, sort of give tribute to a, uh, a retired NYPD chief who just passed away today, and his name is uh, Joseph Esposito. Uh, chief Esposito was a, a a superstar in the NYPD, a cop's cop uh, who had led the NYPD through 9-11 and uh, many uh, horrendous incidents. He was always there. He was always, as I say, a cop's cop. He never forgot that he was a street cop. And unfortunately, he he lost his battle to cancer. Uh, and we lost a, a giant from the NYPD and uh, Joseph Chief Joseph Esposito, after he retired, he became the head of New York City uh, Emergency Management. A uh, tireless worker, a tireless civil servant, as they said, a servant of the people who did a, an amazing job over the course of his career. Uh, and the people at Police Off the Cuff, and I know all the people, and I probably could speak for everyone in the NYPD, uh, we pray for your soul. Rest in peace, Chief. Uh, a great man. Many things about this uh, Savannah Soto and Matthew Gira case, you know, are disturbing. There are many, many things. We could, we've done many episodes on this, and many other people have done a lot of episodes. However, I just want to say that there are things that are put out there on social media, and we're going to discuss some of that. Things, people try to make things that aren't there. There's a lot of people that invent things on social media, maybe to make the case bigger than it is, more sexy, whatever they want to do. This case is big enough without people making up things. And I'm going to try to stick to the facts and to what I know about investigation and what I know about true crime and real crime, but mostly about investigation and policing, because it's mostly the people that don't know anything that invent things. And that, to me, that's disturbing. And I think it throws the case off course. It throws the people that watch, the people that listen, the people that are real true crime for, uh, fans. It throws them off course. And, and, and I think there's, uh, there's a real problem with that. So, guys, hang on to your seats. You're about to enter the off-the-cuff zone. True crime from a police perspective. You're about to enter the police off-the-cuff zone. There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir. They have the car stopped in Tampa Ranch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. You know, one of the things that we never want to forget in any of these cases, regardless of what the people were involved in that lost their lives, that they are human beings and they did lose their lives, does it put a different face and a different feel on it 
when there is criminality involved in in these homicides. I think it does a little bit, you know. And but we at the same time, we don't want to dismiss that at all. This is uh, talking about the services for. Um, again, I'm having problems with my internet loading up. Here we go. Hopefully, the services for Matthew Gira that were held and final respects to Matthew Guerra. He was found the day after Christmas shot to death in a car next to his pregnant girlfriend, Savannah Soto. News for San Antonio, Stephanie Esquivel was at the viewing for Matthew. And as she explains, his family is just grateful. They got to see him one last time. Tears and heartache as loved ones shared how much they're going to miss 22 year old Matthew Guerra. <laughs> Briefly setting that pain. Heartbreaking, you know. Aside and focusing on Matthew's cheerful and silly personality. Heartbreaking, but we can't ignore what was going on here. And that, of course, was um, was the, the narcotics trade. Gabriel Guerra says he thought the services for his son were going to have to be closed casket. Because of the time of the murder and the time the bodies were found, um, I'm not able to have an open casket for Matthew. With the help of Mission Park Funeral Chapel, Matthew's family was able to see him as they shared some final farewells. Matthew's funeral services will be Tuesday morning at Mission Park Funeral Chapel and his burial will be at San Jose Burial Park. Sabina and the young couple's unborn son Fabian will be buried together at a separate location. The dates for their services have not been announced. Stephanie Escobel, News for San Antonio. So his services were covered, but let's let's get back into the into the case, which is what uh, everyone wants to hear. And I've been I don't watch a lot of the podcast because I don't want to I want I don't want to prejudice myself by listening to what a lot of other people put out there, you know. But one of the things that you can't help but notice is people get obsessed with things. And here's the, the little thumbnail on the screen, Savannah Soto and Matthew Guerra case. Are things not as they seem? Well, what do I mean by that? Well, what is not as they seem? People are acting like this is an international drug hit. No, it's not. It, it, it has a lot to do with drugs, yeah. The selling of drugs, because we know that Savannah Soto and Matthew Giro were involved in drugs. And, you know, there's evidence, like this picture on the screen. How many regular normal people have a 9mm pistol with, it, with, it, with, a, with a laser scope on it and an AK-47 and pose with it and put it on social media? Is that indicative, you think, of potentially being involved in the drug trade? And that's the picture I have on the screen right now. Is that? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it is, you know. And to use not just social media, but to use uh, digital, um, your phone, your computer, uh, social media to sell drugs as if you're like a... Um, a delivery person, and, and and this is this is the world we live in now. Um, so, so let's get back to the investigation and some of the things that people, of course, are very concerned with is that someone reported it the other day. Oh, they did find Matthew's cell phone in the car, and initially it was reported that they only found Savannah's cell phone, and the truth was they found both of them. So. Was that smoking gun information? Was that information 
that was being held back? Was that information that was that meant a lot to the investigation? You bet. You bet. You know why? Because it's a treasure trove of information. The cell phone. The, the cell phone, when Matthew and Savannah were conducting business over that cell phone, do you think that's a bit important? They're going to have names, contact names, locations. They're going to have interaction, perhaps, with the perpetrator, Christopher Preciado. You think perhaps his number and text messages were on Matthew and Savannah or one or, one or both of their cell phones? Do you think that's pretty damn good evidence? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's tremendous evidence. But the social media world of, of uh, YouTube, we didn't know that. Because guess why? Because the police didn't want us to know that right away, right? So the San Antonio police held back a lot of information because they were trying to protect the case. Uh, Sana Elise Hoth Johnson, member for 14 months. Glad to see you back. It's uh, so great to have all you, you folks from across the pond, from across the world, joining the police off the cuff family. So now we know they have two cell phones. And you guys are followers of true crime, of real crime, and you know how important cell phone information is, as well as what do we always harp upon? A cell phone is a living, breathing GPS device. And how was it that the police were able to find the location of occurrence here? The GPS on the phone, which ultimately led to what you see on the screen, this car, Matthew's car. So again, the cell phone information, the text messages, the GPS, the interactions, which led, of course, well, the family actually found out about the location of the vehicle before even the police did, because they were plugged in. The police were telling the, the excuse me, people were telling the family, oh, we think they found the car, right? This is where the car is, right? So when we heard that uh, the car was recovered, and myself and Phil Grimaldi, Detective Phil, and Professor Mike Geary, retired NYPD Sergeant Mike Geary. We called it very early on that there was almost no doubt before it was even the bodies of the car was even found that this was a drug deal gone bad. And the police said that in the initial uh, in the initial press conference with Sergeant Moscoso. And I don't mean to harp upon it, but that means everything to this investigation, right? That, uh, and as it was reported early on, right? Early on, how was it reported? A um, a father, a Texas father and son arrested in the killings of an 18-year-old pregnant woman and her boyfriend are facing new evidence. Tampering charges, authorities said Friday's announced that investigators have recovered the gun used to shoot the couple who disappeared before Christmas. The new charges in the killings of Savannah Soto and Matthew Guerra were announced two days after the father and son were interviewed by detectives and made enough statements to implicate themselves in the murder. 
San Antonio Police Chief William McManus said at a news conference, he had already described the scene where the couple were found dead in a car as very, very perplexing. But that changed. Initially, they reported this case as a potentially murder-suicide. And then they quickly pulled that back as they determined that that's not what the crime scene told them. That's not what the evidence said. The evidence speaks to you. The crime scene speaks to you, right? As well as many other things, information that they got from friends, from the family, right? So they were wrong initially. Uh, Christopher Preciado, the person on the left side of this photo, the duo, this father and son, 19 years old, was arrested on a charge of capital murder. And his 53-year-old father, Ramon Preciado, was accused of helping to move the bodies and charged with abuse of a corpse. Police added charges of altering, destroying, or concealing evidence against both men and also charged the younger Preciado with abuse of a corpse. Uh, you know, we, we know we know the story, but I want to get to some other things now. The interviews. Let's talk about the interviews. The interview, let's go to the interview of um, Christopher Preciado. His statement was self-serving. And when I explain that to people, when I explain that uh, to our listeners, when I explain it, what, what he meant by it, uh, that people aren't getting it. They're just not understanding it. You know, they're not understanding what his... Um, what his statement meant. Um, I'm going to read this from the arrest warrant. Uh, the detective that was assigned to this case, um, Detective Goodwin, he's, he's referred to as the affiant on the arrest charges. Um, he spoke to Christopher Preciado, all right? Uh, and this is what he says. Uh, Detective Goodwin said he spoke to Christopher Preciado after Christopher, of course, was read his Miranda warnings. Christopher Preciado reported Matthew Guerra and Savannah Soto drove to his residence on Charlie Tran Drive to sell Christopher Preciado marijuana. Christopher Preciado went on to provide a version of events that were inconsistent with evidence collected at the scene and from the victim's recovered vehicle. Christopher claimed the male pointed a weapon at him and Christopher was able to manipulate the weapon resulting in the female being shot. Christopher then stated that had the weapon pointed at him again and he manipulated the weapon again resulting in the male victim being shot. Now, to me, that's a ridiculous statement, but nonetheless, an outstanding confession because he's lying. But what does he do in this lie? What does he do? He puts the gun in his own hand during his struggle. Okay, it's in his hand. He has control over it. And somehow he pulls the trigger on it, resulting in the death of Savannah Soto. And then somehow, in his words, he manipulated the gun again 
And that resulted in the death of Matthew Gira. You guys getting it now? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? The evidence does not align with what Christopher Preciado said. But guess what? It's a great statement. It's a great confession because he admits doing it, but in a way that's going to make him give him a self-defense plea, which is absolute nonsense. Because what do the detectives do? The detectives compare that statement against the evidence, which they already have, which is close contact wounds. And we've discussed close contact wounds on this show. Close contact means the gun could be pressed up your skin or that far away or six inches away. And what does a close contact wound do? Well, it leaves evidence. It leaves evidence of gunshot residue, GSR, call it GSR, right? Something called stippling which is little tiny pinpricks of gunpowder, which will be on your skin, causing, if you ever saw a stippling wound, it almost looks like a rash, but of gunpowder. And then it also leaves, if it's really held up against your skin, it leaves something called tattooing. And tattooing is when the gun is actually pushed against your skin, or even an inch or two away. Because when a firearm is fired, when it's fired, Flame comes out of the end. Fire comes out of the end of the firearm. And if it's pressed up against someone, it's going to leave the burn and the imprint of the barrel of the gun. So without me having seen the crime scene, without me having witnessed the bodies and to see the close contact wounds, which was described by the detectives, that statement that Christopher Preciado just made is out and out nonsense because it doesn't align with the physical evidence that we saw that the pathologist would see that the detective saw before he interviewed Christopher Preciado. So what do detectives in those circumstances do? They allow the perpetrator to keep lying. And then, okay, Christopher, that's, that's your statement. Okay. Let's, um, I'm going to read it back to you. I'm going to read this statement back to you to make sure we have it correct, make sure it's clear. And then uh, I want, I'm going to have you sign it as to correct the time, date it, and uh, we'll go from there. And once that's accomplished, then the detective should confront Christopher Preciado with the truth. Christopher, guess what? That statement is out and out bullshit. And I'm going to tell you why. And this is why. And then describe how the science of ballistics and the science of investigation tells us an entirely different story than what Christopher Presciano just told. So your story is absolutely nonsensical. You want to change your story? At that point... He may have folded up and said, no, nah, I want an attorney. Uh, I'm not, that's, that's the truth. That's my story. Okay. Is that a good thing for the prosecution, that story? Absolutely. Excellent. Because what does it do? 
again, it puts the gun in his hand, right? It, manipulating is the word he used. He manipulated the gun. Guns don't go off by themselves. That does not happen, all right? So he pulled the trigger. So he manipulated the gun. He pulled the trigger, right? So does he admit to that? No, he's saying he manipulated the gun. So, And I'm sure that this statement that we've been allowed to see in the arrest warrant, that there's much more to it. There's much, much more to it because it's not telling the whole story. And it, there needs to be a follow-up questions to that. And what else is beautiful about that statement? Well, is that the end of it? No, of course. And we'll get into Ramon Preciado's statement, right? But what's the second part of that? The second part of that is that they do a search warrant on Christopher Preciado's home. And what do they find? They find what they believe to be the murder weapon. And this is where a lot of folks and a lot of folks in the chat are confused, all right? They're confused because of what's on social media. They're confused. What, uh, wait a minute, is that, is that Matthew's gun? No one ever said it was Matthew's gun. No one ever said Matthew had a gun, but social media does. And I believe it was Matthew's brother. I don't don't quote me for his name right here. Suggested that Matthew never goes out on these drug runs without his gun. So people in the chat, people on social media are thinking that, oh, then... Christopher took Matthew's gun and shot Matthew with his own gun. And well, first shot Savannah with Matthew's gun and then shot Matthew with his own gun. So when the police do the search warrant, whose gun is that? Is that Matthew's gun or is that Christopher's gun? Well, how one of the best ways to check is science again. What did we read on the arrest affidavit? Well, we read that was there was a spent shell inside the vehicle, right? A spent shell. Indicative of the fact, and I could be wrong, but that one of them was shot inside the car. And I'm predicting based on all available facts that the one person who was shot in that car was Savannah. And what am I basing this on? Well, I'm basing this on the fact that Christopher's, um, excuse me, Matthew's body was dragged into the back seat. And there were, in the arrest warrant, it says that there were drag marks on the back, on his back. So, are we are we getting this? Are, are we get guys? Are we getting this? I, I don't, I'm not trying to be obnoxious, but when I described in a, in a prior show, um, Sana Elise Hoth Johnson, thank you for the NOK nine super sticker. Thank you very much, appreciated. 
Uh, folks, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories. If you like real crime, true crime from a police perspective, then you're in the right place. And if you're not subscribed to us, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, share us with your friends and your family all across the world. We love subscribers, fans, and friends from all across the, the globe. Uh, if you want to contribute to the show, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And we also have a YouTube channel membership with five different levels. And we appreciate all you guys could do. Mountain Girl from the chat. He claimed self-defense but failed to call 911. Mountain Girl, you're 100% correct, right? Because first of all, according to the arrest affidavit, this was a setup meeting, right? Matthew was delivering weed to him, right? So were they both ready for each other or was only, did Christopher know what he was going to do? Was this going to be a drug ripoff? Was he going to rip Matthew and Savannah off and then it went terribly bad and it escalated to the point of a murder? Uh, His lie, uh, H. Cook, thank you for that. Uh, if he had watched this show, a duty run, he made up a better lie. But you know something, H. Cook from the chat, he thought that he was making up a lie that was going to be believable. But guess what? Christopher doesn't understand the science. He doesn't understand that investigation is an art and it's a science. And he doesn't understand that the science of ballistics and the science of what had occurred showed the police and the, the scientists that investigate this that it could have only happened a certain way. And even if Matthew was not shot inside the car, which it seems like he wasn't, but based on the fact there was only one spent shell inside the car, he still could have been shot. He was shot with a close contact wound to his head, not inside the car. So there could be, there's a lot of uh, speculation, a lot of things that could have happened in regards to where, where did his, where did his murder take place? If not inside the car. Um, now let's talk about, Processing the car. What what kind of evidence is inside the car that Savannah Soto was undoubtedly shot inside the car, right? Was the shooter sitting in the back seat? Wouldn't there be blood all over the place? Blood spatter, as is known. If it was a close contact wound, there's a good chance that the bullet entered and exited and could have left spatter all over the side window or the inside of the car. Same thing would happen if I'm wrong and both of them were shot inside the car. Wouldn't there be blood spatter? There would be blood surely all over the car, right? That's the, that's the crime scene that we would be talking about. That's the crime scene that is going to tell us so much more besides the ballistic evidence. But let's get back to the house. They recovered the gun that, according to Chief McManus from the San Antonio Police Department, they recovered the gun. Uh, 
Rocky Shepard. No, sir, they're confused because San Antonio Police Department thinks they have the gun, but till this day they have... Rocky, that's ridiculous. They recovered a spent shell. That is ballistics, right? So they compare the gun that was recovered in the search warrant inside that house with the spent shell. And I went through a great pain the other night on a video to describe what markings on a spent shell identify it as coming from a specific firearm. And a semi-automatic, by its nature, has an ejector in it that grabs a hold of a shell after the um, projectile, which is inside the cartridge, the firing pin hits the cartridge. It leaves an indentation. It leaves an indentation, the firing, the firing pin, right? And that mark is also unique to the firearm. Then when the projectile exits the muzzle of the gun, the extractor grabs the shell and ejects it from the firearm. Those two marks that are left on the side of the casing are unique to the firearm. So that is ballistics. Now, whether or not they actually um, remove the lead, the actual lead, the bullet, the projectile from the bodies of Savannah Soto and Matthew Guerra, that's a possibility also. And that is such a definitive identification in ballistics that... Uh, um, the Thor, the Thoris, thank you so much for um, for your five dollar super sticker. All you folks contributing to police off the cuff, real crime stories, we really appreciate you. Um, Michelle M Mavius, damn, let the police do their job. They know what they're doing. Give us info if they, when they can. I feel some channels demand answers because they need the content. Without it, they are done. This channel is good. Well, I'm just explaining to you the science of it because we can just make things up, all right? So they, they recover, and from the chief McManus from the San Antonio police, he says, we believe that that's the murder weapon, okay? So now for people to make up uh, on social media that there's no ballistics, no, there absolutely is ballistics, and that is in, the ballistics is in the arrest warrant report. It says clearly that a... One shell was recovered in in the in the car where the murder occurred, or murders, if you want to believe both of them were killed inside that car. Firm investigators are looking into this portion of surveillance video, which appears to show a towel tossed into the hands of Ramon Preciado, presumably by a person inside his truck. 36 hours after the arrests of father-son suspects Ramon and Christopher Preciado, San Antonio Police Chief William McManus and Bear County District Attorney Joe Gonzalez provided an update to this now weeks-long saga. The gun, believed to be, in, be the murder weapon, has been recently recovered from a suspect's home. Boom, boom, boom. Did we all hear that? The gun that's believed to be the murder weapon was recovered from the suspect's home. Do we got to get that from YouTube channels or is the chief of the San Antonio police, is his is his mouth good enough for us? I, I'll take it from his mouth. I'll take it from the horse's mouth. 
the, the leading uh, leader of the investigation. SAPD yesterday filed an additional charge against the son for abuse of a corpse and an additional charge against his father for altering a corpse. Both men remain at the Bear County Jail. But will a third person be charged? Police contend this December 21st surveillance footage shows the Preciados moving Matthew Geddes car to an apartment complex on Danny K Drive in the middle of the night with the bodies of Geta and a nine-month pregnant Soto inside. The couple killed, according to an arrest affidavit, during a drug deal gone bad. The security video includes this sequence in which Ramon Preciado appears to be tossed a towel from someone else inside his truck. McManus today confirmed. That, that's something we're still looking into. It's something that's been brought up in conversation about this. So we're still looking into that. Asked directly whether Christopher Preciado's mother has been questioned by investigators in recent days, McManus gave this buttoned up response. I'm going to leave that question unanswered. Yesterday, Gatta's father, Gabriel, alluded that more developments are coming. I, I'm not going to say anything right now, but but um, I don't think there's uh, I don't think this is the end of it right now. And stay with us for the very latest developments in this case. KSAT is keeping you informed on all of our platforms on air. KSAT.com, KSAT Plus. So important things right there, especially for the. Uh, the YouTube community, the uh, people that are, you know, conspiracy community. People are saying right now that there's no ballistics. There is ballistics. Do you think the police know at this point that the gun matches? Yes, they know it. They just haven't put it out there. Of course they know it. A ballistics test in a case like this doesn't take a long time. The gun goes there. They take it to the ballistics lab. They fire the gun into a tank. They pull the spent shell and they pull the, um, well, the, the spent shell will go to something called brass catcher, uh, uh, IBIS system, the integrated ballistic identification system that will identify the firearm and, and the spent shell, but they can also identify the gun. If, if they have the ballistics from the bodies, which there's a potential, they also do. But to say that the police don't have the, they do have the ballistics. They just haven't released it yet, you know? And the second part of this, and um, I want to really speak about because everyone's dwelling in this. Lathoris, thank you for the $5 super sticker. Thank you so much for your informative channel. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. The thing that everyone is really freaking out about online and, uh, you know, conspiracy theory wise with this case. Of course, is the uh, the person with the towel who hands the towel from the vehicle to Ramon Preciado, which the towel is used to wipe off the outside of the car. Who's the third person? Is this third person involved? Um, Chief McManus just admitted, yes, we're looking at. He, of course, they know. They know who this person is. They interviewed Ramon Preciado, right? And they interviewed Christopher. You don't think they gave up the person that was with them in the car or Ramon didn't? Ramon has the least serious charges. I don't know what he could be sentenced to after if, in fact, he is convicted. But was there a third person? Probably. Probably. I think there probably was. You, know, you see that towel. It just doesn't come out by itself. Someone handed it to him, right? 
So it's not just being like cousin it on the Adams family. The hand isn't just coming out of nowhere, right? So, yeah, but is that like a conspiratorial thing? No, I think the police know. I'm pretty positive they know who that is. But they're just not ready to release that. They don't want to release that information because we already saw that the family, the, the their cars are getting destroyed. People are going by their house. Uh, Amanda Simpson from the chat. And five days in that car park where neighbors deliberately minding their own business. You know, did people see the car that was missing? Let's, let's, um, this happened on the 21st of December. And it was 1259, which is practically the 22nd. The car and the bodies were found on the 26th. So to your point, did people ignore the car? Did they ignore that this uh, Pauline Buckles, San, San Antonio Police Department will, will remain tight-lipped about that as they should? I believe, Pauline, you're right. I think they, they're doing that for a reason. But the online community, the um, the YouTube community, when they like the regular press, when they don't know something, they make it up or they add sensationalism to it. I'm telling you the truth to this, okay? A- they already know that the gun that they recovered, it, as per the search warrant in Christopher Preciado's house, is the gun, is the murder weapon. They already know that. And there is ballistics to compare against it. So everyone that's acting like that's a mystery, that's no mystery. They know. They absolutely know that that's the gun. Okay? Now, let's talk a little bit more. There's, there's other... Um, Folks, you got to hit that thumbs up. We got over 1,200, 1,400 people watching, and we got to get more thumbs up to keep this channel going the way it should be, towards towards the top, right? So if you haven't put your thumbs up, put your thumbs up, share it with your relatives, friends, family. We'd appreciate all of that. So the crime scenes, we're talking about the crime scenes. Did they ever find to play devil's advocate? If Matthew was not shot inside the car. Do the police know where he was shot and that his body was dragged inside the car into the back seat of the car? Do they know that? They could know that. We don't know it, though, right? We don't know that that's what occurred. There's a lot of interesting crime scene things in this case. Uh, by, what do I mean by interesting crime scene things? Well, science the science of investigation, a lot of very interesting things, you know. And there you see Ramon Preciado on the scene here. Um, and what is? And he's being charged with, you know, removing, uh, altering a corpse, or he basically helped, assisted. Uh, he assisted in removing the bodies to that location. We talk about, you know, doing something for your children. I think the best thing he could have done would have been to say, no, I think you should turn yourself in. Because now he gets himself involved in here. I guess you can't do that when you're in the thug life, right? Uh, but that would have been the best thing he, he could have done. Uh, so you see the thumbnail on the screen. Savannah Soto, Matthew Guida, are, 
are things not as they seem? No, I think the things are out there. We know, look, there's a lot of things. This picture says a lot, you know? This picture of Savannah Soto and, and, and Matthew Gira, him holding his his handgun with a with a laser, with a, a laser point of sight on it, and the AK-47 and all the bling and all of that stuff. Is there anyone that doubts the fact that this is all about drugs? Is, does anyone think it's something else but that? What else do you need to see to understand that this was a drug deal rip, a drug deal gone bad? Uh, it, because many, I, I sometimes I try to be as clear as possible. Uh, Rocky Shepard, nope, they sure didn't give up the third person. Rocky, how do you know that? I think the police know who that is. And the fact that they didn't lock up the third person is because the potential is that they're using the third person as a witness. So why would, if they're going to, why would you arrest the person? Well, you could you could have the threat of arrest. You don't cooperate, we're going to arrest you. You do cooperate, we're going to hold that over your head, but we're not going to arrest you. That's how the police work. That's what I believe happened. Uh, Sue M., do I think there's a third person? Absolutely, there's a third person. Yeah, that towel didn't get handed out of the car by Cousin It from the Adams family. Yeah, no, there's a third person, absolutely. But what I'm trying to say is that the police know who that is. They know who the third person is. So that's not a big mystery, you know? It's totally not a mystery. Uh, Karen Solak, yes, a self-propelled towel. No. <clears throat> uh, Debbie Carroll, I think the father's girlfriend passed the towel. A very good uh, chance that that's what occurred. The father's girlfriend is probably involved. And, and I'm not going to, uh, we're not putting a picture up. We're not mentioning her by name. Her name has been called out by the online community, but we don't know. But I believe the police do know. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Ital Ital Italy D. I don't know. Is that right? I think the third person is going to testify against them for a deal. I think you're right, and that's what my whole um, my whole dissertation here is. I think yes, they know who the third person is. Um, but they haven't uh, given her up because uh, Rosanna Padilla, I don't know how people in that apartment complex didn't notice a dead lady in front seat of the car. That's a good point, you know. But you know how people are these days. People don't want to get involved, you know, especially when they sense that <clears throat> something is like from the drug trade or something. They, they don't want to get involved in it because then it throws them. It makes them involved. It involves them, right? Uh KD, high crime apartment complex, people mind their own business. You're absolutely right. Uh, it, from the arrest affidavit also, uh, I'm just going to read a little bit from here. Uh, During further investigation, your affiant found video surveillance video at 5903 Danny K. This is from the arrest affidavit. The video surveillance found out on December 21st 2023 around 2359 hours which is one minute to midnight a chevrolet silverado gray driving with its lights off from the vehicle recovered location the silverado pulled in the middle of the back parking lot and parked the vehicle 
the victim's vehicle could be seen approaching the Chevrolet Silverado. The victim's vehicle parked next to the Silverado. <clears throat> a heavyset male exited the Silverado, and the driver's side door of the victim's vehicle opened. The heavyset male approached the driver of the victim's vehicle and appeared to speak to the driver. The heavyset male approached the driver of the victim's vehicle and appeared to speak to the driver. The heavyset male then got a towel from his vehicle and appears to wipe down the outside of the victim's vehicle door where he had touched the vehicle. Now, that's not implicating anyone. It's almost like, how? wait, how did the towel get presented to, to who we now know was Ramon Preciado? How did the towel just get presented to him? Because someone handed it out to you couldn't see the hand, but you see the towel approach Ramon, Ramon Preciado. But in the arrest affidavit, it seems like it doesn't want to admit to that. It doesn't want to admit that the towel was placed towards him. Because it says, the heavyset male then get a towel. That's not even proper English. The heavyset male then get a towel from his vehicle and appears to wipe down the outside of the vehicle's victim door where he had touched the vehicle. The driver of the victim's vehicle exited the vehicle for a brief moment and sat back in the driver's seat. The driver did not match the description of the female victim or the male victim. The Hispanic male got back to, into his vehicle. The victim's vehicle drove behind the building where the vehicle was found on December 26th, 2023. The Silverado followed the victim's vehicle. Approximately three minutes later, the Silverado was observed, observed leaving from behind the building where the victim's vehicle was found. The victim's vehicle did not leave the location. It was believed that the victims were already deceased in the vehicle at the time of the video observed. It is believed the unknown driver and heavyset male observed parked the vehicles, the victims at the location in an effort to hide the vehicle. On January 2nd, the affiant provided one of the victims' cell phone to Detective Knox at the Technical Investigations Unit. On January 3rd, 2024, the affiant received the phone download from Detective Knox. Your affiant found that the victim had recently searched the street of Charlie Chan Drive. Due to the affiant's knowledge of the crime scene area, affiant was aware that Charlie Chan Drive was a couple of blocks away. So this is how they figured out that where the potential crime scene was and discovered the Silverado and discovered the address of Christopher and Ramon Preciado was from the cell phone. But my question is now, we now know that they recovered both cell phones. And according to the rest, arrest affidavit, why did they only search warrant one of them? And I think they didn't. I just think that they didn't put the second, they didn't put the second cell phone on the search warrant. So they just listed Savannah Sotos. But they had, according to Chief McManus, again, so there's no conspiracy theory here. They had both, they recovered both cell phones inside that car. So they just search, did a search warrant on Savannah Soto's uh, cell phone. They got the necessary information that they needed. They got the information from the cell phone. Think of the treasure trove of information inside that cell phone. Client lists, 
GPS information, pictures, uh, potentially previous correspondence with the shooter, Christopher Preciado. Yeah. Is that is that damaging evidence? Is that incredible evidence? I think so. Uh, Bree McGee, I believe abuse of a corpse is concealing the dead body and to alter, destroy corpses to conceal the identification of a dead body. Yes, Bree, each state, I think, has a different statute in regards to that, but also by uh, concealing the bodies in the car and parking at a location, perhaps, that they wouldn't be found is they're dead. So they're, they're going into uh, decomposition because they're not being found. Could that also be part of this whole thing of concealing the bodies and uh, altering the corpse because they're not obviously allowing it to be found? Uh, so Kristen Laredo, the Preciado's neighbors have already confirmed no gunshots heard in their neighborhood the night of the murders. Hmm, that's impossible. At least could have been blocks away. You know something, and that, uh, Kristen, with all due respect, and I respect you, uh, what you just told me, um, San Antonio is a violent area, you know? There's probably shots being fired every single night in that area, you know? So do people become numb to it? Do people ignore the fact that there's being shots fired? Um, could the shot inside the car have been a little bit muffled because it was fired inside uh, the car? And we don't know exactly where um, Matthew Gira, where he was shot, if it wasn't inside the car. Could that have been inside somewhere uh, and therefore also muffled? Um Snow Bunny, he knows if they have surveillance of the truck and car going into the apartments, do they have surveillance of the dad and son leaving in the truck? Um, I think they said that the truck did pull away and the, the car didn't leave the location. Uh, I think that was mentioned in the arrest warrant. Um, De Quinto. Uh, people, why can't your brain understand this man has all experience in homicide? Say the truth so all can learn from it. You all need to listen. He's a smart man. DeQuinto, thank you very much. And you know something, DeQuinto, people can disagree with me if they'd like. I'm just giving them the benefit of my experience, of what I know, and of what I'm, I do believe that the San Antonio police know. And many things that I've heard online and many things that I've heard as per this case in regards to what's been put out there is rumor and innuendo and doesn't really fit the evidence, doesn't really fit the information that we know. Um, so I'm not trying to, you know, say, oh, you must believe me because I'm the authority, but I do have homicide experience, you know, and uh, I was a cop for 27 years and 10 in homicide. So yeah, I, I do have some experience. Um, Esme, can you finish playing that press hearing of the weapon being found? Can we listen to the questions being asked? Um, let me see if I can pull that up again. Um, hope I didn't get rid of it. I, I may have. Uh, let's see. 
uh, if I could pull this up. Okay. That's me. Okay, let me see. I'm going to see if I can put this up on the screen. Uh, Matthew Guerra and their unborn son. In a press conference, SAPD Chief William McManus did confirm investigators are looking into this portion of surveillance video, which appears to show a towel tossed into the hands of Ramon Preciado, presumably by a person inside his truck. 36 hours after the arrest of father-son suspects Ramon and Christopher Preciado, San Antonio Police Chief William McManus and Bear County District Attorney Joe Gonzalez provided an update to this now weeks-long saga. The gun, believed to be, in, be the murder weapon, has been recently recovered from the suspect's home. SAPD yesterday filed an additional charge against the son for abuse of a corpse and an additional charge against his father for altering a corpse. Both men remain at the Bear County Jail. But will a third person be charged? Police contend this December 21st surveillance footage shows the Preciados moving Matthew Guetta's car to an apartment complex on Danny K Drive in the middle of the night with the bodies of Guetta and a nine-month pregnant Soto inside. The couple killed, according to an arrest affidavit, during a drug deal gone bad. The security video includes this sequence in which Ramon Preciado appears to be tossed a towel from someone else inside his truck. McManus today confirmed. That, that's something we're still looking into. It's something that's been brought up in conversation about this. So we're still looking into that. Asked directly whether Christopher Preciado's mother has been questioned by investigators in recent days, McManus gave this buttoned up response. I'm going to leave that question unanswered. Yesterday, Gatta's father, Gabriel, alluded that more developments are coming. I, I'm not going to say anything right now, but but um, I don't think there's uh, I don't think this is the end of it right now. So, uh, you know, they said, uh, you know, uh, Esme, uh, hang on, sorry, I just stopped this. Um, that was as good. He, he acknowledges that the, the murder weapon was was recovered, was recovered in, as, as per the search warrant. Uh, you know, someone someone in the chat said it wasn't thing. It was cousin it with the hand that, that I was trying to be funny when I mentioned the Adams family. You're right. You're absolutely right. I I, I mixed it up between uh, any of you guys. I apologize that don't know the Adams family from back in the day. The TV show, uh, the hand that just came out of the box was. Uh, was called the thing, you know, and that's what I alluded to. I think in this, uh, in with the towel being just handed out. Uh, so it, it, it's somewhat, somewhat. I think it's funny. It's funny to think that you have to have a few laughs at something this sad and this uh, this horrific of a case, you know. Uh, and we could see the, the family; they're, they're they're heartbroken, they're torn apart. Uh, but at the same time, we want to get this. We want to get the information out that right. We want to get it correct, because you know people can on the internet and uh, uh, YouTube and the many of the things that the police don't put out there is not put out there for a reason. They don't share everything. You've heard the expression ad nauseum that keeping this close to the vest because they 
for some reasons they don't want it out there. And then very specifically is the potential that there's a third person involved here that handed the towel out of the car. And um, yeah, that's, that's a, and they also may want, if they're not going to arrest that person, they want to keep that information on the DL, right? On the down low, keep it secret uh, because they don't want this person that's not being arrested to be harassed by either online, either live, either going to their house. So that could be a, a good reason why the police aren't uh, aren't releasing this information. And we did a show the other night about, you know, all of the um, social media sites that talk about this case, you know, Savannah Solo case discussion, Savannah Solo and Matthew Gira case discussion, 25,000 members. So you see that the chance and the potentiality for uh, rumor and innuendo. Uh, so that, that that's a great possibility of that, right? And and all those different sites, all those different sites, absolutely. Um, chasing starters, but I'm trying to understand you, Phil. You two are part of the YouTube community. You make it sound you are exempt. I'm not sounding like I'm exempt. I'm just saying we try to tell the truth. We're trying to give you why certain things are happening and not become part of just the conspiracy theorists uh, as to why certain things happen. I'm freely admitting that I think there's a third person in that car that handed out the towel. Uh, if, if I was not part of the community or not part of what I'm trying to put the truth, um, Debbie Carroll, Bill, what about the scuff mark on the lower rear passenger door? Could it have come from Matthew being placed in the back seat? Will police check for shoe marks? You know, I mean, I meant to get to all of these things. All, both of these cars, the Silverado and, of course, the crime scene car, Matthew's car, they're processed as a crime scene. DNA, gunshot residue, blood, uh, all kinds of evidentiary material in, in the... In the um, in regards to Matthew's car, the computer, the, the vehicle's computer, um, all of those things are going to gone be gone over with a fine-tooth comb. Question not everyone or no one's asking is, did they find that towel? The white towel that was handed, is that a potentially huge piece of evidence, an important piece of evidence? You bet. You bet, right? Uh Trisha Muir putting a car seat over the savannah also obstructed view of a body in passenger seat. You're right, Trisha, and only the killers know why they did that, right? But you you could be correct as to why they did that. Absolutely. Um, from the chat, the Quinto, you can bet the people Matthew and Savannah had dealings with, they're scared now that they're going to be caught through the info on their phones. Uh, well, yeah, th that's a possibility. Law enforcement will use that information, uh, potentially as intelligence information you know they had a warrant to get it unless the warrant precludes them from using it for future investigative sources uh seal of approval gunshots are the same as the train that blows its horn and runs directly behind my house i don't hear it seal of approval you know that could be the case when you're in a neighborhood that's very violent like that that you become immune to hearing gunshots after a while that it just gets to be crazy. Uh, Bree 
McKee, it, it hasn't been confirmed by law enforcement that they were shot behind the right ear. They did say Matthews was a contact gunshot wound in Savannah, had head trauma, per the affidavit. I believe the behind the ear. Bree McGee, I think that it was said at a press conference by a law enforcement source. I'd have to go through all of the um, press conference information. It may have been said by Sergeant Moscoso in the initial um, press conference, and I could be wrong, but you're right. But I think they alluded to the fact that they were both close contact wounds that they were looking at. So, uh, but thank you for your comments. Uh, uh, Cindy Fields, thank you for the $2 super sticker. Um, he put towel there, towel in plain sight. Yes, yeah, the towel was in plain sight, but we don't know who handed the towel out, right? Uh, Shana Lopez, uh, death was instant for the parents. Was it for the baby too, though? I, Shana, I don't know. I don't, maybe there's medical personnel watching this show that could uh, speak to that. I personally don't know that. Um, it's whatever this is, this is a horrific situation. Uh, Heather, whatever. Thank you for joining. Uh, great to see you. Thank you guys all, all so much that support this show. Uh, star mama, the Adams family. Yes. Cousin. It was the, was the hand. Uh, no, excuse me. The thing thing was the hand cousin. It was the one with the hair that you couldn't see what was behind all that hair, but, uh, just a little, little, uh, comic relief from this ultra, ultra. Um, MC, MDC 89, I have knowledge on the area, the apartment, Leon Valley, etc. cetera. Uh, uh, seal of approval, uh, police off the cuff, do they need the autopsy of Fabian to decide if more charges are going to be laid on this behalf? No, the district attorney spoke to that. And the fact that it was a unborn uh, child at the gestation period, of what it was, it can be charged. A third charge of murder can be added based on that, those facts. So, uh, no, they don't need the autopsy for that. Um, L. Hawley, two dollars super sticker. Chris will never be a free man ever. He's only nineteen. I think you're one hundred percent correct. He will. He made his bed, as they say, right, and he's going to lay in lay in it for the rest of his life if he doesn't, in fact, uh, get the death penalty. Alania Danine Ortiz, there's a really disturbing rumor going around, not only on social media, but also I heard it said by many true crime YouTubers. I honestly don't know what to chew or not, but I hardly doubt it. Well, Alania, you didn't tell us what the rumor was. I was waiting to hear uh, what the rumor was. Um, but I, I guess, unless you want to post it. Uh, um now Shah busted. So much more to this case. A man Ramon's size just doesn't move that fast. You know, now Shah busted. I think that the police uh, are getting to the bottom of this. I believe they know what happened. I believe they uh, uh, they know they have all the moving parts in this case. I think they know a lot more. Uh, Alania. Who is that the reason why allegedly Matthew's pants were down was because he was tortured down and that they could, well, this is the first time I heard this. I've, I've heard online rumors about this, but I've never heard it confirmed by any uh, police source. Um, could, could any of these rumors turn out to be true? You know, yeah, it could, it could, but it's the first time I've heard 
that uh, Alania Danino tears and there's no autopsy reports. So just this kind of misinformation is disturbing because the family can see that and they're going to think the worst. Alania, well, at some point, the autopsy report will be released both um, to the public. Uh, well, it, actually, there's no reason for it to be released to the public unless the press files a freedom of information law request to have the autopsy um, released. Then they can get uh, the autopsy report released. But, you know, I just wanted to... Um, clear some things up earlier on. And um, I think that, you know, as we say, are things not as they seem? I, I think most of the things here, could there be things about this case that none of us know that haven't been? Yeah, there absolutely could be. But I think that for the most part, are things not as they seem? No, I think things are as they seem. Unfortunately, these two young people, Savannah Soto, 18 years old, nine months pregnant, and Matthew Guerra, 22 years old, and lost their lives. But they were playing a very dangerous game, and they were involved in the drug trade, which is an unforgiving trade, you know, and they lost their lives, you know, playing in that arena, you know, and if there's any doubts that they or perhaps playing in that arena, you see these pictures, you know. Matthew Guerra with his, his pistol with the laser scope on it and holding an AK-47. I mean, it's pretty indicative. And the fact that his family has told us, and it's in the arrest warrant, that he was selling drugs using social media, posting pictures of guns and money, and that he'd been shot at numerous times before. So... I think when people tell you the truth, you got to believe it. You can't just say they're not going to talk about negative things like that if, if it's not true, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. And they lost their lives. This beautiful girl on the screen, Savannah, uh, 18 years old. Um, horrible, you know, horrible to lose your life at 18 years old. And we've spoken before about uh, the drug trade is an unforgiving business, you know, unforgiving, totally unforgiving. So, uh, folks, if you're looking for a fantastic defense attorney in the New York metropolitan area, then Joe Murray is your man. Joe's a retired NYPD police officer and a fantastic defense attorney. You can reach Joe by calling him on his cell phone at 718-514-3855. Email him at joe at jmurray-law.com. Go on his website, jmurray-law.com. Not only is Joe a fantastic defense attorney, but a huge supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. So, folks, that's basically uh, our show today. I know that there's been a lot of people covering this. Uh, Cindy Fields, uh Nobody handed the towel. He put them there. He got out. Well, it looks like the towel moves toward him. So unless there's some kind of, uh, you know, electronic device moving the towel, I think it has to be a human. Uh, Brooklyn Pezzola. Allegedly, this all happened in less than nine minutes, according to cell data. So that earlier info might be completely unfounded.
yeah, that's a possibility. It, it happened real quick, didn't it? Uh, and people would not want to believe that unless there was evidence of that. Uh, De Quinto, Bill, you've done a great job in explaining things people are asking. Thank you for your service and your knowledge. Bless you. De Quinto, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, Sherry Hill, Texas is great. Wish I lived there. Um, Irrational Geographic, the cost of doing business. Mm, that's a big cost, right? Your life. SW 4x4 Explorers, sadly it appears she was in those games too while pregnant. Yes, I think she was in the game. She was definitely involved in the game. Very sad. Uh, Peggy Willis, the pants down was from dragging him in the car. One family member said this. Okay, they, you know, there could be explanations for this. That's why I don't want to report anything as true unless I know, unless it's coming from a source that uh, we know for sure. Debbie Carroll, Bill, love your knowledge and insight. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, today I had to do a solo act because uh, Mike Geary wasn't available today. Phil had his a full plate too. So every once in a while, this is the hardest thing to do it solo by yourself. But uh, when I do finish doing a solo show, I really have an appreciation for how great this is and how difficult, but uh, how it's it's really my pleasure to do this show and to present uh, the information and the case to you guys. Uh, Lone Wolf seventy eight. I don't. I don't. I'm, no one's saying he had a suppressor. Just a, supposedly they're not hearing. But well. Someone in the chat says there's no reports of shots fired, but when the police did their canvas of the area and they asked about that, and the canvas could have been, you know, four or five days after it occurred. Do you remember hearing shots fired on XYZ night? This would have been on the uh, 21st into the 22nd. And a lot of people can't remember what they were doing, you know, an hour ago. So... Many people wouldn't remember. So, you know, that that's a distinct possibility also. So we don't want to rule any of that out, that there potentially was shots fired and no one reported hearing shots fired. So, folks, thank you so much, um, Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. New information on this. We will continue to cover this case. It's quite an interesting case. There's so many people that uh, were affected by this this case, um, it's sort of gotten international exposure based on the circumstances involved. But I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. I'm retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, police off the cuff, real crime stories. Have a great day, everyone, and God bless. One episode.